0: good day everyone you're welcome to living intentionally for god and um, we'll be continuing with our series of jtsa that is journey to spiritual awakening themed um, understanding of prayer today we'll be discussing prayer and the word of god and um, looking at it in the context of being the house of god which we are as believers and this is for day 22 i pray that god blesses us as we Listen and discuss in Jesus' name. Amen. There are two basic things in Christianity concerning our relationship with God and life generally. And they are very, very uh, fundamental in our journey in the faith. And they are read your Bible and pray every day. I believe a lot of us must have heard this growing up. Read your Bible, pray every day. And as simple as they are, they are very, very important because um, really it's not more complicated than than this because those two help us to receive strength and grace to do all that we have been called to do in life. They help us to fight the good fight and they help us to live as the house of God, reading our Bibles and praying. Remember for today's discussion we are linking prayer with the word of God, how the two of them coexist together, how they are both important. And how they play an important role in helping us be the house of God so being the house of God literally means that you house him that is inside of you and um, it's important that we therefore make his home a very wonderful place to stay you as an individual like your house to be in a certain way there's a way you want it to look you want it to look beautiful you want it to be suitable for you your own kind um, other people may like their own house to be in a different way from yours, but that doesn't matter. As long as it's your own house, there is a way you want it to be, and the same applies to God. God is a, is very very intentional about the things that are is the way they are done, and I don't even think that anybody can be more detailed as our God. If you look at human beings, for example, the way we are created, if you know do some anatomy and study the human body parts you find out and even the physiology you find out that there's so much detail that's gone into the making of man and i believe god is a very detailed um person detailed being and so that applies even when we're talking about his house so let's look at some examples when moses was instructed to make a tabernacle for god i mean the old testament he was told to do it after the image of the one in heaven after the heavenly tabernacle you know there was so much detail that went into that god didn't leave it to chance because it's a big deal so if you're going to make a house for god you know it's going to be something very very serious and so that's what happened with Moses and other cases in the old testament like noah when noah was building the ark for god god didn't leave it to chance he gave him specifics if we look at Genesis chapter 6, verses 13 to 15, Genesis 6, 13 to 15, it says that, And God said to Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make yourself an ark of gopher wood, make rooms in the ark, and cover it inside and outside with the pitch. And this is how you shall make it. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits, its width 50 cubits, and height 30 cubits. You know, and that passage goes on and on to give specific details of how Noah should build an ark. The point is that God is very detailed in what he does. Even Solomon, when King Solomon, the son of David, King David, was going to build God a temple, it wasn't left to chance. There was so much intentionality that went into it. In fact, was recorded that the stones were not allowed to be made inside the temple at the temple site rather there was a quarry site if you look at first kings chapter 6 verse 7 first kings chapter 6 verse 7 it says and the temple when it was being built was built with stone finished at the quarry so that no armor or chisel or any iron tool was heard in the temple while it was being built you see, that, that, that's so much intentionality. If we look at 1 Kings chapter 5, verses 13, 1 Kings 5, 13, it reads, Then King Solomon raised up a labor force out of all Israel, and the labor force was 30,000 men. This is to build the house of God. Solomon had about 30,000 men, and we saw, we read the passage before that shows how. Um, stones were not allowed to be made in the quarry site because they didn't want any noise to be heard in the um were not allowed to make made in the temple because they didn't want any noise to be heard in the temple the point we are trying to you know draw here is that god is very intentional about things that are His, and he's very intentional about his house like we saw in in the tabernacle and in the temple that has been built for god and you know we know in the Bible, according to scripture, that God does not dwell in temples made by man. And even though then, in quote, these people were making and building a house for God, now God dwells in us as um, John chapter 14 verses 23 makes us understand that Jesus and the Father are now come in and dwell in us when we receive his word. So we ourselves have to be intentional. If God is a God that is very, very serious about the house that is built for him, If we call ourselves his house where he dwells, where he stays, then we have to be very intentional and ensure that his house is made in a way that is according to his liking, according to his specifics, according to the way he wants them, he wants his house to be. And in this case, pertaining to us, I believe he wants his house to be in a way that is one, holy, two, filled with his word and three, constantly praying or communing with him. I repeat, only filled with his word and constantly praying that is he's communing with him. And we'll be taking the last two today, which is prayer and word. We've said all these things just to make us understand the gravity in being the house of God and how, how, how we must be intentional about, you know, being God's house. And in, in that context, we'll be discussing it with um, prayer and word. Yeah, so prayer and God's word go hand in hand. Um, they should not be separated because they complement each other. having a life of prayer without god 's word in your heart is living an unbalanced life. You may find out that you are not growing well spiritually that is you won 't have a balanced growth. you may be growing in one aspect, but you are de- lack- lacking in another aspect yeah you may you know you may find yourself working on the power of God, but you are not showing forth the fruit of the Holy Spirit things like that. You know, it's like a child that eats much of carbohydrates and very little or no protein. He's prone to developing a disease called kwashiorkor, yeah, and that's not good at all. Same applies to prayer and word. You can't say I'm the word type of person or I'm the prayer type of person. Jesus was the true type, you know, he, he exhibited both characteristics and we must follow him. Every word he ever spoke was given to him of the father. He was filled with God's word and many times we see him quoting scriptures he never read as in he didn't read it anyway. It was things he had known and that's because he himself was the word of God and yet this same Jesus prayed so much. We too should be filled with God's word and be very prayerful. We should have the word of God in us by constantly studying our Bibles, by setting our time to meditate on his word this way you know the word sinks deep into us by memorizing his word and keeping it in our hearts like king david a lot of times in the bible we read and see our disciples narrate portions of of scripture particularly the old testament and this is because they had stored it inside of them before before they recited it that is they just you know it came out from the inside of them they didn't have to open a passage or a book of the bible before they could read it and following these examples, we too must have the word of God inside of us in uh, as much as we maintain lives of prayer. So I'll be going into some categories now. And first is using God's word in the place of prayer, using God's word in prayer. If we look at Psalms chapter 138 verses 2, Psalms 138 verses 2, he says, I will worship toward your holy temple and praise your name for you, for your loving kindness and your truth for you have magnified your word above your name, for you have magnified your word above your name. From this pa- um, passage, we can see clearly that God magnifies his word above his name, his word above his name. And so when we see how much God regards his word and 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 how He he, he honors it, you know, that means that when we bring this same word before him in prayer, He's going to honor it, and because of that, we are going to see results. especially when you know we don't have any issues that will cause us not to see results. For example, if we are not praying according to His will, and um, or we have wrong motives, or you know there is iniquity in us. But aside from that, when we bring God's word before Him in prayer, He's going to honor that word, as as is written already in Scripture that He honors His word above His name, and therefore we see results. So let's let's look at some biblical examples when we open to acts chapter 4 verses 24 to 30 acts chapter 4 verses 24 to 30 he says so when they heard that when they so when they heard that they raised their voice to god with one accord and said lord you are god who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them who by the mouth of your servant david have said look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to ill, and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant jesus now here in acts the disciples are praying for boldness they have been threatening never to you know go around and speak in the name of jesus and talk about the resurrection of christ but before they asked for boldness they recited a part of scripture in psalms chapter 2 This is what the disciples did. It didn't say that they opened the Bible and they started to read. They opened their mouth and they prayed. And what they were praying, the beginning part of their prayer was, Lord, you are God. You made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that is in them. Who by the word, who by the mouth of your servant David have said, why did the nations rage and the people plot venting and, you know, and so on. These things are are from Psalms chapter 2 verses 1 to 2. So this is a good example of why we should we should pray the word of god we should bring before him his own word and definitely these people after praying they saw results because that there was like an earthquake you know the place was shaking and they were filled with power and boldness to go and preach the gospel so we too should bring before god his written word when we come to him in prayer because he honors it it doesn't only have to be when we are asking him for something you know we can pray we can worship him we can worship him with the things he has already done in the Bible. You can start your worship of God by reciting things he did in scripture. You can tell him how you parted the Red Sea. How you how you, you know, you were a cloud of a pillar of cloud in the in the night for these people and a um, pillar of fire in the night for them and cloud in the day for the Israelites in the wilderness. You know, you can tell him so much things. You can bring his word before him, the things that he has said, and just worship him. It can even be your basis for interaction with him in the place of prayer. So we should learn to use God's word in the place of prayer because it brings results. Why? Because God honors his word. So it's not enough for us to just say things that we like, that is, say our own words, but we should also speak his own word. We should remind him of the things that he has said. Two, is knowing what to pray for as you have read the word. You know, the word helps you to know what to pray. The word of god helps you to know what to pray this is another beautiful thing in the sense that you know we need to pray according to the will of god and the word helps us to know that this is very important because there is something called praying amiss that is when you are not praying according to the will of god and this does not yield results when you pray amiss god is not going to give you that thing because it's not according to his will and that's because he loves you because him giving you that thing is going to you know not benefit you yeah you may think it will do you well but it won't why do we know this because we know that god wills for us good things his thoughts and plans for us are good and so his will is what's perfect for us let's look at first john chapter 5 verses 14 to 15 First john five fourteen to 15 it says now this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will he hears us and if we know that he hears us whatever we ask we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him so that's very beautiful because we know that when we it's a confident thing that we have in god that when we ask anything according to his will he hears us and he's going to give it to us and that's why it's very important for us to pray according to the will of god and how do we know some of the things to pray according to the will of god you know aside from us praying in the spirit because the holy spirit helps us to, to pray according to God's will, reading the Bible, the Word of God also helps, plays an important role in knowing God's will and knowing what to pray for. So let's look at Daniel for an example. Daniel. Daniel chapter 9 verse 2 to 3 Daniel 9 verse 2 to says, In the first year of his reign I Daniel understood by the books the number of years specified by the word of the Lord through Jeremiah the prophet that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem then I set my face toward the Lord to, the, toward the Lord God to make request by prayer and supplications with fasting sackcloth and ashes yeah, the children of Israel had been taken um, captive in Babylon, and Daniel understood what to pray for by the books that were recorded, which recorded the word of God, the word that God had spoken through Jeremiah, his prophet. So, there are many things we ought to pray for as recorded in the Bible, and you know, as we want to study and understand the word of God, it, it helps us to know them. Just like in the case of Daniel, Daniel had, had, had read by the books. And by the books, he, he knew how many years they were supposed to stay in Babylon. And so he knew what to pray for. He knew that, okay, time was up and it's time for me to start praying for this for our deliverance. Same happens to us. When we read the word of God, we see what we are supposed to pray for. We see the promises of God. We see what God asks us to pray. And um, we'll look at some examples now. So let's check Matthew chapter 9 verses 37 to 38. Matthew nine thirty seven to 38. He says... Then he, this he is Jesus Christ. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Jesus here is instructing his disciples on what to pray. And remember, we too are the disciples of Christ because we are his followers. And so he's telling us too that you should pray the Lord of harvest, that he should send laborers into the harvest another example is first timothy chapter 2 verses 1 to 4. first timothy 2 1 to 4 he says, Therefore, I exhort first of all that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and for all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceful, peaceable life in all godliness and relevance. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Yeah, Paul is admonishing people, he is talking to Timothy. And he's, he's telling him about the fact that he should he's, he's talking about the fact that we ought to we ought to exhort we should we should pray we should pray we should make supplications prayers intercessions and give thanks for all men for all men and he also talks to the fact about the fact that God wills it is God's wish that all men be saved that's an example of things that we should pray for so when we read that when we read such a word we understand by that word that we should pray we should pray for all men and that we should pray that men be saved and particularly for the leaders too and those who are in authority so that we can lead a peaceful and quiet life another example is ephesians chapter one verses 15 to 20. ephesians 1 15 to 20 and he says what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he walked in christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places that's ephesians 1 15-20 yeah paul is praying for the church at ephesus is praying for them and he's telling them things that he had prayed for them in in his you know in his secret time when he's, he's praying to God, he said he does not cease to make mention of them in his prayers, and he listed out the prayers he has been praying for them. That's an example of what we should pray for ourselves. It's an example of what we should pray for fellow Christians too, that God gives us wisdom, the spirit of wisdom, and revelation that God opens our eyes the eyes of our understanding the enlightened and so when we read the Word of God we, we get insight we get insight of his will and things that you have us pray both for ourselves and for others so God, God basically God's word tells us everything about prayer and that's why we must do prayer with the Word of God we shouldn't do prayer without God's Word as we study the Word of God we see what prayer is we are exposed to different dimensions and different ways of prayer and we basically get an understanding of prayer which is what we are here for in the season. Now another key thing about prayer and the word is that sometimes we only see the result of the word in our lives and those in the life of others when it is backed with prayer. I repeat, sometimes we only see the word, the result of the word of God in our lives and those of others when it is backed with prayer. When Jesus went about doing miracles, you know, speaking the word, when when he said a thing, it happened. When he spoke, "Oh, be healed," you are made. Oh, it's happened. But no, this was not backed without a life of prayer. As much as we see Jesus speak, we also see him, you know, retreat to take our time to spend time with God and pray. And same thing happens in our lives. Sometimes we decree the word of God over our lives. Oh, I decree and declare the word of God says so, so and so, and for that I am healed. By stripes I am healed. Oh, I decree you are healed in the name of Jesus. Sometimes when we decree or speak this word, we only see results or sufficient results when we have backed it with prayer. And so this is another dimension of the prayer and word relationship, which is what we are discussing today another aspect is understanding god's word when you pray understanding god's word when you pray as mentioned earlier they are complementary. prayer also helps you to understand the word you know we've discussed how prayer um the word of god gives you um makes you know the will of god makes you know what to pray we've also discussed how the word of god um bringing the word of god in the place of prayer to God in the place of prayer yields result because God honors his word. Now we're talking about how prayer impacts the word of God in the sense that prayer helps you to understand the word. As you pray, you are conditioned to be able to see and understand the things of God better. There are some things that you may not see when you read your Bible because your eyes have not been opened in the place of prayer. Same thing applies to understanding. As we pray and read scriptures, God gives us understanding of what we read and the word I believe becomes more real and living to us. Let's look at this passage for example, Luke chapter 24 verses 44 to 45. Luke 24:44 to 45. Then he said to them, "These are the words I speak to you. These are the words I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the psalms concerning me." And he opened their eyes and he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. This was Jesus Christ there. And I'd like to read that last part again. He says, and he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. From this above passage, this passage we just read now, it makes me to understand, or it makes us rather, to understand that by ourselves, we cannot comprehend the scripture. Jesus was talking to his disciples who had, you know, walked about with him. For so long, but yeah, we are seeing it being written that He opened their understanding, and this was at the end when He was about to leave. He opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. This means that by ourselves we cannot comprehend the scriptures, but we need God because Jesus is God. We need God, we need the Holy Spirit to open our minds so that we can comprehend. The scripture to open our understanding so that we can comprehend the scripture and i strongly believe that this happens as we fellowship with him and particularly as we pray as we see in um, F, um ephesians chapter 15 to 20 which we just read that the 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 eyes of their understanding be enlightened yes so as we pray god opens our understanding and then we read the word of god and it becomes real to us we understand it you know we see things that others don't see we hear things that others don't hear why because we have been conditioned in the place of prayer to be able to see and receive god's word so prayer helps us understand the word of god also some people have testified of how god taught them the word as they were praying you know while in prayer he explained scriptures to them and gave them revelations so prayer helps us to understand the word of god and it also helps us do the word of god and vice versa in conclusion, some people say that God's word in you produces depth and prayer produces spread. That's width, And I think it's true. But the point really is the synergy of both produces great results. Let's take for example, temptation and sin. In Psalms chapter 119 verses 11, we hear David say, your word I have eaten in my heart that I might not sin against you. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I may not sin against you. That's Psalms 119 verses 11. And in Matthew 26, 41, we see Jesus say, watch and pray. Yeah, Jesus is talking to the disciples, to Peter and some other disciples. And he says to them, watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. Now we see here David talking about the fact that I have hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. And Jesus is also telling disciples here that um, watch and pray so you don't fall into temptation. We can join this together and see that both hiding the word of God in your heart and praying helps you not to fall into temptation, helps you not to sin. And this shows us how powerful the synergy works. Hiding the word of God in your heart helps you not to sin and that's beautiful. But when you complement it with prayer, that's, you know, that's explosive, yes. So this helps us see that keeping God's word in our hearts and praying helps us not to sin. It applies all over scripture and throughout our journey. We need the word and we need prayer to stay effective as the house of God. Because these two, I believe, make the perfect combo. I pray that God will help us to walk in this light as we journey on in our faith in Jesus name. Amen. Thank you very much for listening today. God bless you and help us live intentionally for him. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.